This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. That one-day secondary schools teacher strike we were all hoping to avoid is on as we speak. The teachers' unions and the province seem to be so far apart that yesterday they could not even agree on whether a new framework from the province was on the table. The education minister said it was. The union said it wasn't. Where does that leave us? First, let's go to Harvey Bishop, the president of the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. Hello and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so how far apart are you? Well, we're significantly far apart um, on on essentially all of the major issues. Um, government still wants to uh, significantly increase class size. They want to take away any language that would restrict, it'll put a cap of maximum on any, on any class. Uh, they're still insisting on mandatory e-learning, um, something for which they have no evidence to demonstrate it's good for students, and uh, we're a part on, on you know, compensation bargaining as well, so almost across the board. Well, the minister says it's all about compensation, and, and you both have very different numbers on this. The province, of course, wants to limit it to 1% increase, which they want to institute for all public sector employees. Uh, Lecce says that this amounts to $1.5 billion. You say it's significantly less. Yesterday uh, evening, I heard you refer, refer to a figure of uh, something in the order of $220 million over a few years. So can you just explain those numbers to me? Sure. First of all, I would say the minister's claim that, that compensation is the outstanding issue is disingenuous and it's meant to inflame the situation and, and it's not productive um, in negotiations. But when he talks about $1.5 billion, that would be uh, an increase over four years. We've already agreed to a three-year term for a collective agreement, but it would involve every single uh, worker who works in the education sector in Ontario, uh, works for a school board, whether that be union or non-union. Um, it could include, you know, management, uh, superintendents, etc. Well, of course, we don't represent all of those people. So the real figure for our compensation proposal, which is a cost of living adjustment by members keeping up with inflation. The real figure is just over $200 million, um, and it's clear that the minister is deliberately inflating that number. Two, $200 million over how long? Over three years. So uh, that's a big discrepancy. I mean, uh, I believe that there's even a clause in the QP contract that if other unions get more than they got, uh, that there would have to be a bump. Um, that's right. They have something that we, that we colloquially refer to as a Me Too clause. Um, and so uh, if another union uh, did, uh, did agree to higher compensation, uh, then the, the QP agreement would include that as well. Okay, so so you you can understand why he's uh, he's taking into account the cost that it would cost the government if they agree. 
Well, what I can't understand is why he's claiming that OFSTF is asking for a $1.5 billion increase, uh, especially when, I mean, that's not true about, uh, about my union, and it's not true about the term of the agreement that we've already landed on with government. We have both agreed that three years is the appropriate term. So when he inflates it to four years, when he inflates it to include every education sector worker, I say that he is deliberately um, trying to inflame the situation. Okay, I, I want to ask you, this is like a total head scratcher, but we have been hearing from teachers off the record who say that they have been told that the union has agreed to the one percent cap on wages where would that be coming from i can't begin to imagine it is absolutely untrue um it's it's not something that anybody has has claimed to me it's simply not the case okay uh we'll have to tell them because uh it was a head scratcher to me as well it is to me uh, the other thing that the minister has been saying is this talk about offsets, that he wants you to find other areas to save money in order to offset any increases that, uh, you know, things that would cost money. And he says that you have not come up with any of those. Is that right? Uh, well, unfortunately, no, it's not, it's not right at all. In fact, um, the, you know, the minister has been saying that for some time and, uh, and, we have been proposing for uh, a year and more, um, some of these much longer than that, but we've been proposing that they find savings within uh, EQAO, the standardized testing body that uh, is, uh, you know, spend unnecessary amounts uh, in, in doing something that's not really productive for students. We've proposed an alternative dispute resolution mechanism that would, uh, that would save money uh, that should be reinvested in frontline services when it comes to um, litigation, grievance, arbitration processes that management and the union get involved in. We actually proposed and ran a pilot program last year that assisted members with long-term illnesses to get back to work sooner, supported them in that return to work. They were able to get back to work sooner. That meant less sick leave costs for boards. Um, we proposed all of those things to the government, and in each case, they've told us we're not interested. Okay. Thank you very much, Harvey Bischoff, President of the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. Just one very quick question before I let you go. Uh, do you have uh, in mind another date for another strike if there's no deal? We don't have that in mind. What I really have in mind is that I want to get back to the bargaining table and start moving forward uh, in a way that secures the quality of education in Ontario. Okay, thank you very much. My pleasure, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, now for the government's take, let's go to Stephen Lecce, Ontario Minister of Education. Minister Lecce, thanks for being with us. It's great to be on. Thanks so much. Okay, so uh, I just went through this with Harvey Bischoff, and that is the discrepancy in the numbers. You're saying that their demand for 2% would cost $1.5 billion. He says yep. it's only on the order of 220-something million over three years if you only take into account uh, the uh, cost for his union. Well, you know, only $200 million. Well, he's, he is incorrect. Let me, if I could be quite frank, first off, this strike is absolutely unacceptable for parents and families. We should, they should not 
have elevated this or escalated this to this position, particularly given that it is increasingly about compensation. Just on the numbers, a 2% increase across teacher tables over the four, over four years is a $1.5 billion increase to the taxpayer. Why? Because if 2% is accepted at OSSTF, it effectively sets the floor for other teacher negotiations through Me Too clause. Absolutely disingenuous to suggest it's only a quarter of a billion dollars. It's in fact 1.5, and he would know that. What we've offered, Libby, is $750 million, a 1% increase for all Ontario public servants, including teachers. I don't think it's fair to exclude one among others. We've offered 1%. Now, QP, a uh, comparable a, a teacher's union, or rather a education support worker union in education, one month ago signed a deal with the government at 1%. And that represents that $750 million number for the teacher side. Why is it that it was fair for them, but not for, for, for OSS, Tiep and Libby? Just to contextualize how this is about money, we offered the same deal. We tabled the same deal to QP workers, we tabled it with OSSTF education workers. And then they walked away from that deal swiftly because it included a 1% hike and they want two. And I'm saying we're being so reasonable by putting more money in the system. Remember, there are governments of the past that gave 0% increases many years ago. We're offering one point. These are the second highest compensated educators in the nation and we value their work. We actually believe we should be investing in teachers so we retain their talent. But it's not like we're at the bottom of the jurisdictional benchmark. We're the second highest in the nation, $92,000 on average for an OSSTF teacher. And we're asking them to be fair. Uh, okay. Um, so that is the discrepancy in the numbers. How do you deal with the fact that this whole business about legislating a 1% increase, it's likely to be struck down as unconstitutional? Well, look, we have confidence in the constitutionality of the legislation, but at the end of the day, the aim for the government is just to demonstrate that this is not about a legal debate. It is a fiscal debate of where money should be prioritized. And my priority is in kids. And the fact is they have said that, you know, we, we have, we're now in a strike. They striked today because they didn't because we didn't concede a $1.5 billion increase. And I think that is absolutely responsible and unfair for parents to be and their kids to be in the middle of this which is why I hope that they will consider private mediation, which is a mechanism we've called for for a week, over a week now as a legitimate means to deliver a deal because with QP, we actually turned to private mediation and it worked. And I find it odd and I actually would submit quite irresponsible for them to proceed with the strike knowing that there's a tool in the toolkit that they could have invoked, as we've asked them to do in good faith, to avoid this. So, I mean, it's one thing to assert you know, it's my right to do so. We've exhausted all options, but there is an option on the table, and they ignored it, and they proceeded with the strike, knowing that it actually probably or you know may lead to a voluntary outcome, which I think all the parties seek. So, my hope is just to demonstrate to the parents of this province we're going to remain resolutely focused on getting deals and on keeping their children in class. Uh, one of the other things that he was focused on is uh, that uh, he said that both sides have agreed that the term of this agreement is three years and you keep quoting figures over four years. So why is that? Well, I mean, we do not have a contract in place uh, for a three-year frame. I mean, there's a variety of discussions you know, that happen at the table in the context of the duration of it, but it'd be bizarre to, to submit that uh, there's been alignment on the, the time, the length. I mean, that, that's a matter of negotiating. And we remain uh, at the table as we always will. We will not uh, turn our backs in any way in our kids normal. We walk out 
uh, on children in the province so we don't get our way for a compensation hike. What I'm asking educators uh, in good faith, their, their union leaders to do, is to come back to the table with one of two things, either to accept one of the reasonable offers we've tabled that have moved over time, we've made major enhancements from online learning to classroom size, or to present an innovative solution that helps achieve the objective of finding those offsets that don't impact classes because we're able to maybe even reduce those classroom size numbers perhaps should we find offsets elsewhere. But we've put that emphasis and that um, we've put the onus on them because they've rejected ours. I find it a bit odd. You, you just can't have it both ways, Libby. You can't, you know, in one respect, um, not accept or reject pretty much every proposal the government has offered. And then you can also not table anything yourself. I mean, both should not be true. And I'm saying, look, if you don't like our offers, and I say that with plural, we've done it many times, then come up with your own. But they've done none of the above. Their position has never changed. Their insistence on compensation has remained resolute. And I think parents are fed up. These are the second highest paid educators in the province, no matter what the government Libby, New Democrats, liberals, conservatives. What unites us through all my life is escalation by teachers' union. And I think people sort of are annoyed and pretty much... Uh, fed up with the cyclical reality. They want stability. That's why I want to deal. Well, um, he he mentioned, I think you may have been on the line for the the last few comments from Har- Harvey Bischoff, and he mentioned things that they did bring forward, including cutbacks to uh, EQ testing and, and things like that, and, and they had a different form of um, mediation. So he says they did yeah. bring all kinds of things. Uh, you know, it just seems like the impasse is, I mean, you, you, it seems the two sides can't even agree on what's been presented to each other. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's somewhat, uh, you know, laughable to, to, to hear that assertion that a fraction of a percent of savings realized by, for example, the one thing he missed from his short list of things of efficiencies is eliminating EQAO. Right, which is the measurement of how student success. So they, they want us to remove that. I mean, ostensibly it may create some work for, for educators, but they want us to eliminate the measurement of student performance. Eliminate or cut back on it? No, eliminate it. And think that there's a great savings to be had in that. And I would argue, again, that may be good for the members of OSSTF, not good for the parents of this province, not good for kids who want to be able to measure success and benchmark performance and literacy and numeracy, which is what we do in grade three, six, and nine. And I would argue it is highly responsible to omit that from the list because it's an unpopular one with parents. And so my point in short is the strike is unfair, but there's a way forward. I remain hopeful. In good faith, we can get a deal because parents deserve that predictability. And to be fair, students should be in class today. And strikes hurt kids. It's not just, you know, a slogan. It is a reality when vulnerable young people and low-income and middle-income families with limited fiscal abilities for child care, kids with exceptionalities particularly, are being kept out of class. It hurts them, and it hurts them disproportionately, and I think they need to consider the impacts on working people before they do any further escalations. Okay, and do you are you worried about a full-fledged strike? Uh, when do you think that could happen? Like- Look, I, I, I want to remain uh, I want to remain hopeful that there's a pathway to get a deal, and that's what I'm going to stay focused on. Parents deserve that, and I um, and I owe it to them to not uh, not lose sight of what's important here. I and mean, getting a deal is my top priority today. And and if you were a betting guy, what what are the chances? I mean, again, you seem worlds apart. Look, there we were very uh, far apart, both in public rhetoric and perhaps even at the table with QP. But through a private mediator, we got a deal. So my point is, maybe there's a pathway here, and I want to not rule it out. I want to note to the, the listeners watching that 
you know, I believe uh, through hard work and with a focus on students and not on ourselves, we can deliver that deal that is good for all the parties, both for parents, for teachers, but especially for the kids of this province who I think want to be in class. Okay. Let's hope so. Thank you so much, yeah. Stephen Lecce, Ontario Minister of Education. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.